0: Hi guys. Welcome to the making it with Molly J podcast. I'm your host Molly and I've successfully launched two brands, created a lucrative photography business and monetized my personal social media platform as a lifestyle blogger. On this show, you'll hear from successful female founders and CEOs and get their unique perspective on how to make it as an entrepreneur. Now let's dive right into the episode. On today's episode, I chatted with Mackenzie Bauer, who is the co-founder and CMO at Thread Wallets. Mackenzie's husband thought of the idea for Thread Wallets when he lost his wallet surfing and couldn't find a new one that wasn't big, clunky, black, or brown leather. In true entrepreneurial fashion, Mackenzie and Colby developed their own design in 2015. They then created a Kickstarter campaign to raise some initial money to get the ball rolling. Well, that ball rolled far and they are projected to do 18 million in sales in 2021. Mackenzie was also named in the Forbes 30 under 30 list this year and dropped some pretty amazing insight and advice in this episode. I hope you guys enjoy the show and be sure to check out Thread Wallets for all of your carry needs. Hi, Mackenzie. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. Yay. I'm so excited to learn more about you and Thread Wallets. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited to talk. So can you first just tell me the story of how Thread Wallet started? Yes. So
1: for those of you listeners who don't know, um, Thread Wallets are based out of Provo, Utah. We create minimalist wallets that are both stylish and functional. And the idea came back in 2013 when my husband was body surfing in Hawaii and he lost his wallet. And after he lost his wallet, he went online to look for a new one. And we typed in "men's wallets" um, onto Google. All he saw was a sea of big bifolds and black and brown leather. And my husband had always had the entre- entrepreneurial bug, and he'd always looked up to brands like Stamp Fox, or School Candy headphones, brands that had taken. Uh, really simple product or a common product and threw expression on it. So he was like, okay, all I'm seeing is brown, black, boring, bifolds. there has to be a better way, but he couldn't find it. So he just grabbed a rubber band and wrapped his three cards. He had, you know, he just used his student ID, his driver's license and his credit card. So he just wrapped a rubber band around it and called it good. And then a couple months later, he was in an entrepreneurship class at university and they were talking about Kickstarter. And he noticed that a lot of minimalist wallets at the time were doing really, really well on the platform, like $300,000, $400,000, like really successful campaigns. And so he thought, okay, there's obviously a need for really minimal wallets, but again, the wallets on Kickstarters were just black elastic or brown leather, nothing fun. So he found a way um, by utilizing some connections we had here in Utah to sublimate on white elastic. And then once he found that method of printing and getting designs on just white plain elastic, he was like, this could be really fun. So probably about the same time, the same week that he had this epiphany was when we started dating. So we use my sewing machine to sew the first prototypes and I helped like develop the product with like the keyring on it and that was beginning of 2014 and um we were we dated for three months before we got engaged and then we're married three months later so it was very fast so while we were doing this wallet thing he was still finishing up school he played soccer at our local university he um was kind of doing this side hustle and then I was planning our wedding so we didn't really um give this little wallet idea much time or attention until we both had graduated about a year later and we were like okay we have this idea we've done a few farmers markets let's see if we can make something out of it so we gave ourselves a time period of six months and if it worked within that six months if we were able to get the ball rolling then we'd keep going and if nothing happened then we'd just pivot we were young we were living in my childhood bedroom sharing a house with my parents because we couldn't afford anything and we didn't have a so we didn't have a mortgage we didn't have kids we're like what better time to try something like there's zero risk for us so we went for it and within the first six months we saw a lot of success actually we raised thirty-five thousand on a kickstarter of our own Um, launched our website and, you know, we were selling out of products. So things were um, going well enough that the idea was validated. And then here we are about seven years later and like 20 employees later, just continuing to grow and hustle and push this thing. Wow. That's such an amazing story. Thanks. It's fun. It's always fun to tell it, to reflect back on where we started and how the idea kind of came to be.
0: Yeah. It's so cool. Also my grandparents got married after only knowing each other for three months and they are still the most in love people I have ever oh, met. Oh, <laughs> I
1: love it. Yeah. Yeah. We're my husband and I, I mean, we aren't perfect, but we definitely love each other and I'm grateful for how things yeah. turned out. Yeah.
0: That is so cool. I love that. <laughs> so who is like the ideal target customer of Threadwallets? So
1: when we first started, we've kind of gone back and forth with this because my husband having really looked up to these brands like stamp socks and Skullcandy candy headphones that I've talked about really wanted to create a lifestyle brand that kind of fit into the action sports arena. But from the get-go, we noticed that our main customers were females. So as we've grown over the years, we've really um, tried to, make sure that our marketing efforts stay focused on an 18 to 24 25 year old female west coast um, in college or just graduated she's active but also really loves shows like keeping up with the kardashians or the bachelor and so that's that's who our current kind of core customer is and then of course we're always kind of trying new things we like to say that we or we'd like to think that we fit a line fit within the surf surf community as well a little bit we've got some really great ambassadors that help push that and our our core customer really is attracted to that like west coast beach, beach lifestyle so yeah that's who we're going for
0: okay very cool and so I'd love to talk to you about marketing because you are the CMO. So yeah. I was reading that you guys started with doing really well on Facebook ads. So can you yeah. talk to me a little bit about that and then what your current marketing practices are? Yeah, we've
1: definitely diversified over the years, but Facebook was one of our first priorities. I would say, okay, I've got to think about the time frame here, but after that six month time period the ball was kind of rolling and we moved into our own little tiny two-bedroom little house this like probably almost 100 year 100 year old house and probably about like six months later we connected with this guy named logan england and he's been a heaven sent for our company he was doing running ads for a very big company here in utah full-time and then he just helped us on the side and I remember having conversations with him like around our kitchen table and I really don't know why he got behind us so early on when we had such little sales or validation you know we were still so young but he came in and just really started diving into the ad landscape for us and our product which was really fun and we um, almost immediately began so seeing a really good return with our ads. Um, The great thing about starting back then is that it wasn't as competitive as it is now. So our cost per acquisition and our um, return on ad spend was a lot greater than it is today, which is why we've introduced different marketing channels. But anyway, Logan's been with us since the get-go. He still runs our Facebook ads today and has introduced other ad platforms like Google. And we're diving into YouTube this year. We run ads on Snapchat. Um, lots of different platforms, but right now our focus, I would say, is continually ads because that's our bread and butter, but because of the, the rise in cost per acquisition and the rise, cost, the rise of cost per acquisition, we are focusing our efforts a lot on email marketing. We just hired an agency, SMS marketing. Um, we do a lot of direct mail campaigns, which actually perform really well for us. So sending out physical mailers to people's mailbox, which is, seems kind of old school, but it works. Um, We have a loyalty program. We have a referral program. We've invested in a lot of different things to help make our marketing more unique and not as reliant on one specific channel.
0: Amazing. And have you guys dove into like the influencer marketing space? Yeah, yeah, we have our influencer marketing manager, she reaches out to influencers
1: on a regular basis. And what we've done that we found works really well for us is we have about 10 to 15 what we call our core influencers that we have on contract or I guess you could say retainer. We just pay them every month and they deliver content for us every months they have to post a certain amount of times and so that's been a really great way to kind of streamline the influencer marketing because it can the back and forth the contract signing all of that can be really time consuming so it's been really great to have these time periods six months to a year of people on board signed ready to post about us and then our community gets to see them more frequently so it's not just kind of a one and done deal and we're doing things with them on our page they do stuff with our product on their page. And so it's, I think a very, um, fluid, interesting way of working with influencers, but I think a lot of people do, but it's not so much paying people one and done as it is trying to build more, um, long lasting relationships.
0: Okay. Awesome. And then yeah. does threadball it sell mostly online and are you guys in stores and Where do you see most of your sales? We are primarily an online
1: e-commerce platform, website. So we, our two biggest channels of revenue are our website and then Amazon, but we are increasing our presence in retail. We're in about seven, over 700 retail locations throughout the U.S. I think we're in every state and territories like Guam and Puerto Rico and um, the U.S. Virgin Islands so we're pretty much all over the United States in retail stores but the goal is to continue to grow that because again you want to diversify your channel um, retail took a big hit last year with COVID but I think that it's I mean like we're focusing more on like mom and pop kind of local boutiques and surf shops that have a handful of locations but it's been really good because I don't think those little um staple shops within communities are going anywhere. People love supporting stuff like um, small businesses like that. So we are doing that. We have a small custom division where we create custom products for other brands or companies or individuals. And that's a small portion of our revenue, but it does, it does help.
0: Okay. Awesome. And then I think you spoke to it a little bit before, but what is like the growth of your team been like over the last few years from when you started to where you guys are now?
1: Wow. That's yeah. That's a really fun question to reflect on. Um, wow. We have kind of been all over the map with that. We are really lucky and we found Logan who helped us with our ads and then, we hired Alexa, who's our influencer marketing manager right now. She, we, she was one of our first hires as well. She's been with us for a long time. And then my brother uh, was looking for a job while he was in college. So he started helping with production and just kind of random odds and ends. But he graduated with a degree in finance. So he has come on and handled all of our financials and manages a lot of our legal stuff as well. He's very smart, very um, analytical. So he's really good in that area. And then we've expanded our customer service team, which started with my cousin, Mitch. He was looking for a job as long. we were like, well, we need someone to help customer service. So he did that, but then quickly um, began helping my husband with operational things. And so he's moved over to be our COO, which he is very smart and analytical as well. So that's really helpful. And then um, his wife, ironically enough, we've got a lot of family here, is has stepped in and managed the customer service team and grown our customer service team. And then we have a brand officer, chief brand officer, who helps with the content and the creation and making sure that everything is on brand and he under him we have a really cool graphic design team so there's quite a few of us there's a lot of people but i I don't see us adding too many We've kind of we kind of feel like the bus is full we've got everybody in the right seat we've got all the right players so we'll maybe have a couple more hired maybe like in the customer service department as things grow and maybe um another graphic designer here in a little bit because of bandwidth but it's really fun we have a really tight knit um, group of people, we all feel like family. It's the, one of the best parts of the job, if not the best
0: part. Oh, that's awesome! I love that. <laughs> and so, that so fun. Thinking back on your journey with Thread Wallets in the last few years, can you think of any challenges that you faced, and you know what you learned so from them? Many,
1: <laughs> so many challenges. I mean, overall, we've had a really amazing experience, and I feel really grateful for that. I mean, I know you know, for every one successful company, there's 500 that don't make it or can't get the funding or can't get their idea off the ground. So we feel really, really, really blessed. Um, But there have been so many challenges, challenges with production, challenges with people knocking us off. We've got patents on almost all of our products, except for probably like two or three and or patents pending. And we've had a lot of knockoffs. We've had a lot of issues with Supply chain and production. My husband and I were doing all the production for probably about the first two years. Wow. So that in and of itself lent lent itself to a lot of problems, um, orders not being able to be fulfilled for days on end, and we did the fulfillment as well, which was crazy. We've had it hasn't been a challenge. I mean, it this hasn't been a challenge, but it has been challenging. I should say we. My husband and I have had two daughters since we started our business. So it's kind of always a balancing act, and that can bring kind of some trials like figuring out how we navigate running our company and the growth and being there for our employees, but making sure that our family is always the priority. Um, We,
0: yeah, there's so many kind of ups and downs, but overall, it's been a really pretty smooth journey. Amazing. And I also saw that. Thread wallets was named um one of Inc.'s fastest growing companies, which is incredible. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, what exciting. Yeah. What do you think like the secret is? I know there's no secret, but what do you think the secret to your success?
1: (laughs) I think there's a few things. I think that truly timing is everything. We got in at such a good time, like influencer marketing, social media, running Facebook ads was still so young and it's so much harder to get an idea off the ground through those channels right now. So I think timing and I think that you need a really unique idea. um, We tell entrepreneurs if they want to start a business, try to find something like our product is cheap to ship. It's really small, so it's really easy to have in a fulfillment center. Like I can't imagine selling something that was 250 pounds and having to like warehouse that. And the margins are really great because it's a small product. So I just think finding the right product and the right market and like fulfilling a, a need that is actually a need because some people will start a business and be like, Oh, I have this really great idea. But when all is said and done, it's something that they would only use. And so a lot of testing goes into product development and understanding the need for a product, um, Oh, the secret sauce. That's such a hard one. It's such a hard one. But I think that those are really big ones. Timing, finding the right product. And the other thing I think is just having the right players on your team. We've been blessed with seriously the best. We have such a good team. Um, my husband has worked really hard to develop a really fun culture. We've got a skate ramp in the back. We've got quiet space upstairs with standing desks. We do team book club. Every week we do a team lunch, like out of office activities that bring us together. And I think that has been a big part of our success as well, because we all love each other. We enjoy coming to work. We enjoy creating together. And I think that that shows itself in the success of our company.
0: Very cool. And when you think about the future of Thread Wallets, what do you see in the future? Oh man,
1: that's something we're talking about constantly. (laughs) Um, truly our goal right now is to become the go-to brand for all things carry. So our brand motto, slogan, whatever you want to call it is carry on. It's, uh, very fitting because our products are carry products, our wallets, our lanyards, our chapstick holders, or I should say lip balm holders are cross body bags. They all are products that carry your goods. But then we also really want to provide a mes- message of kind of hope for people. My husband's family has struggled with addiction and some really crazy things have happened over the years in terms of that. And this um, idea of carrying on and progression and movement forward is something that we really want to want to push. So we want to see growth on the brand side in terms of that narrative really hitting home with a lot of people but ultimately yeah just become the go-to carry brand so right now our plan is to roll out backpacks in the future maybe duffel bags laptop cases all all things that would help you carry your most important and essential items but i think it'll be a while before we get there we really want to make sure that we focus on our core and our um, core, yeah, our core competency, where we're most proficient and then grow when the timing is right into other areas. Amazing.
0: That's so cool. Okay. So I'd love to chat with you about you personally. So <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about your education background and what you did before yeah. thread wallets? Yes, of course. So I went to school on a,
1: at a small university on the North shore of Oahu, Hawaii,
0: And I studied
1: international (laughs) cultural studies. So it was all about navigating culture and conflict. My emphasis was in peace studies. So mediation and arbitration types of situations. And then I minored in political science. So when I graduated, I really kind of thought that I'd end up going to law school. But I met my husband within about a month of graduating and plans completely changed. So prior to this, I didn't have any experience in marketing. I hadn't taken business classes or marketing classes or graphic design classes. I just kind of dove into it and am self-taught. I had you know, very little experience. I had been a TA in college. I was an adjunct professor. So I taught classes online for a little bit post-graduation um, that were in my major so you know cultural conflict type classes and so totally different my education background has nothing to do with business but almost everything to do with business because really it was or with marketing I should say because the whole emphasis of my my degree was finding commonalities amongst people to bridge divides of conflict and building communities and Finding common ground, and I feel like what marketing does when done right is creates that community, creates a narrative that brings people together and unites people around a certain topic or cause. So, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Very yeah, cool. Sure. I feel
0: like I feel like most people kind of just fall into things anyways, and there's yeah. only so many people who actually use their degree. <laughs> so totally. I think that's really and it's cool. Usually,
1: people like Oh, excuse me. Like my brother who graduated with a degree in finance. Exactly. He, he knows that he's an analytical, smart, financial numbers guy. And I was more of a conceptual, like I love writing and reading and kind of more theoretical stuff. So I think that that's why I gravitate more to marketing as well.
0: Yeah. So I know you said before, so through starting Wallets, you got married and had two kids So what was it like going through those major life events while also growing a huge company? Cause I mean, you, you seem like the woman who has it all. Oh no, no, no,
1: Um, (laughs) It's very hectic. I can't tell you how many meetings I've had to change or how many meetings I've forgotten about because I'm at home with my girls and we wake up late or one of them doesn't want to go to preschool and I have to navigate the tantrum of that. Um, there's so much. It's really a interesting balance, but I'm so grateful for it. It's, I think, going to be a really unique upbringing for my kids. They come and they hang out at the office. They see mom and dad working together, as opposed to mom's just at home and dad's at work. Um, they are friends with all of our employees, and they love coming in here. Like we've got a skate ramp in the back and scooters that they scoot around on, and it's so fun. But it is really challenging. I think right now the biggest thing for me at least is kind of overcoming the guilt and pressure of being a mom and also having a career because it's yeah it's just hard for some reason I personally prioritize I think because the narrative has always been pushed to me that like my dad worked my mom stayed at home and so I'm always trying to like make sure that my husband gets his work done and if there's things that he's the CEO of our company and if there's you know things that need a shift I always try to like take on the brunt of that and so really for me it's like being open and more communicative and um, setting expectations and being clear about my needs has probably been one of the the most challenging things about being a mother and a business owner because it's not always easy to do and sometimes I don't know what my needs are in terms of like staying home or being at work but I think ultimately being a working mom for me has been a blessing because I have an outlet. So I'm a better mom when I'm with my girls and I'm a better CMO when I'm at work because I have two different outlets for things. I think if I was just one of those options, 24, seven, I'd get really burnt out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. My mom actually runs her own company and was a female CEO my whole life and I feel like that was one of the biggest blessings for me because I was able to grow up and see that. And I think that's why I'm yeah. so driven. So it'll be very interesting cool. to see what your girls end up doing. With I their know. Lives. I'm so
1: excited to see what they do with their lives. So It'll be so interesting.
0: So can you also talk to me a little bit about your faith and if that
1: has yes. oh, an effect absolutely. on your
0: business?
1: Yes. My husband and I are very, very religious. We're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which most people know as Mormons and it is like probably the biggest part of our relationship and even our business we truly owe everything we have to God I there's a quote by one of our church leaders that talks about how nothing is coincidence but everything's put together by divine design and I feel that so completely with all of our employees that work here any like connection that we make that it couldn't have happened if it weren't for a higher power being on our team. We always say that he's our, God is our, you know, best business partner. He's um, been there for all of, all of our journey. He's been there with us in the sleepless nights, the long days, the disagreements that we've had, the challenging times we've had, maybe working through some stuff with different employees. So for us, we, we truly every night in our prayers, we're owing it all to God. And we're really grateful for his influence in our business. And I know that not everyone believes in God and whether it's like a higher power, you just believe in luck or whatever it is. We feel very lucky and feel very blessed we're we're very grateful for our relationship with God and how he's the role that he's played in our business.
0: I think that's really beautiful. And I think I admire you for being so open about it because I feel like I don't know in today's day and age people think of it as like controversial or you're not being politically correct or you know yeah it's, totally i think it's really awesome that you're open yeah. about
1: that oh well i feel like we would be doing god a dis- or our beliefs a yeah. disservice if we weren't open about that and i think that stands true for everybody like whatever you believe you're doing your like moral compass your own personal moral compass and your own personal beliefs a, a disservice if you're not talking openly about them And then it's also just important to recognize that everybody thinks and believes differently for us. We owe our success to God and we're okay. If somebody owes their success to something completely different, like that's, that's a beautiful part of life.
0: Very cool. And so obviously like starting a company is, can be, you know, a daunting task. It's a little scary. So how (laughs) did you guys feel when you started your company? And yeah, can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. Um, you
1: know, I don't ever remember being scared, which is it's awesome. like intimidating thinking back on it. But I think we were both so naive and really young. Like I said earlier, we didn't have a mortgage. We didn't have kids. We didn't have a car payment. My husband had sold his old car to buy my wedding ring. And with the money left over from that, we bought like a more rundown car So we really just didn't have like much on the line. So it really wasn't super risky, which almost takes the fun out of it. Like not the fun, but I feel like so many people who start businesses maybe give up more than what we did. So I don't want to like minimize that. But we, yeah, I just, we were kind of like, you know, let's take it day by day and see what happens. I remember sitting in our apartment at one point crunching numbers and we were like if we can just sell five wallets a day we could make like fifty thousand to sixty thousand dollars a year like that's enough for us to you know have a little side hustle and I was like yeah like we could just like we can knock on doors to sell five wallets a day like that's easy so I don't think it's ever really been scary I actually think probably the scariest point is now because everything's so much bigger and so the risk is a lot more like when we're at like placing purchase orders or we invest in a marketing campaign that costs you know tens of thousands of dollars whatever it is it's, this is more scary to me than it was when we started because when it was just my husband and I it was like if this fails like we'll figure something else out and now I'm like if this fails we have 22 employees that are counting on us like what are we going to do about that so I feel like it's a little scarier now but it. It yeah, it's just I think because of my naivety, I just haven't really let those fears sink in.
0: Very cool. And so, if you could give one piece of advice to an aspiring entrepreneur, what would it be?
1: That is such a great question. Um, I kind of have a slew of pieces of information that I kind of save when I get asked questions like this, and. A couple of them are, I'll I'll start with one. My husband and I always tell people, don't swing for the fences. Just try to get on base. I think a lot of times we overcomplicate things. We want the perfect product before we go to market. We want the perfect marketing strategy. And a lot of times, really, it just comes down to taking those simple steps that get you on first base and then second base and then around to home, which is the point on the board. So um, just... Keep it simple. Keep it really simple at the start and be patient with yourself. And then the other piece of advice I often give is don't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle or end. And I think that's so important, especially for women. I think that we're more prone to comparison and being beating ourselves up or being hard on ourselves. And so I think just maybe through the lenses of social media, we are more inclined to look at what somebody else's success and be like, Oh, I'm never going to get there or I'll never reach that, but really just be happy with where you are and push yourself to become more and do more. But again, take it one step at a time and know that your story is going to look different. So don't compare your story to somebody else's. And I think those are the two most powerful advice I can give to someone who is just starting.
0: I love that. That's awesome advice. And so this is a question that I always love to ask entrepreneurs So what is your opinion on the following topic? Are entrepreneurs born as such or are they raised? Ooh, I have never been asked that question.
1: You know what? I, that one's hard. I know it is hard. I feel like, I feel like it's a mix because I think that some people are born with the drive and the tenacity to do it on their own. And like, they're the kids that are, I mean, that is totally my husband, like When he was a kid, he would go around the neighborhood, knock on people's doors and like do backflips on the front porch for money. Like he was just always like thinking of the next idea or something to like make a buck. So I, and he's just, he's an athlete. He's very driven. He's very like on the ball. He's awesome. And I feel like that's my husband, but for me, I don't feel like I was born an entrepreneur. I, um, always kind of had this creative bug where I thought, Oh, like when I was a kid, I would knit hats. Like I was kind of a nerdy kid and I would sit in bed at night thinking like, what if I could sell these? Those would be so cool. Like i would I think of those things but I'd never like take the initiative to actually do it. Like it wasn't like my husband, my husband would have taken those hats to school and started selling them to his friends. That wasn't me. But I think because of our circumstances and the need for me to step up and fulfill the role of, being an entrepreneur, I did it. Like I rose to the challenge and was like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do it on our own. We're not going to follow our traditional A plus B equals C mentality. So I think it's truly a mix and it can kind of look different for every person. There's some entrepreneurs who are like my husband. And then I think there's some entrepreneurs that just do things differently. I think that you hear about the entrepreneurs, the glamorous entrepreneurs, like Steve Jobs and Elon Musk, you know, you hear about those types of guys, but then there's the entrepreneurs that they graduate school and they open, uh, or invest some money into real estate and they make their money that way. Like that's entrepreneurial as well, but you might not look at them and be like, wow,
0: they're an entrepreneur. So
1: yeah, I think it's a mixture of both.
0: I love that answer. (laughs) And so that was a tough one. I know it's, it's always interesting to see what people say though. So I love asking that question. (laughs) So my next question is what is the number one quality an entrepreneur must have?
1: Um, I would say tenacity and grit. I think those are kind of the same thing. Like you have to be able to put your head down and just go for it. Like if you let the doubts and the fears or what other people are saying come in you're not going to get things done. And then when things get tough, you've got to be able to keep plugging through because, you know, it gets tough. You have supply chain issues that it could be easier to throw your hands in the air and just be like, you know, we're done. Like, this is way too much of a headache. We're getting screwed over with tariffs. The product's not coming in right, but the grit is what
0: keeps you going through those moments. Amazing. And going off of that, how do you define success? Oh for me
1: I don't I really don't think success has much to do with money because I like without I don't want to sound like I'm being pompous or um prideful right now but I would look at my life right now and like our situation and be like this is successful like we have an amazing team that we work with and I love coming to work for them our needs are completely met as a family. I mean, we don't have much, we're still not paying ourselves very much. Like we still try to put as much as we can back into the company to focus on profitability. Um, So in terms of like money, I don't think that's the, that's what success equates to. For me, it's the fact that I get to be here working with people I love and that I have two beautiful, healthy daughters and a good, happy marriage like that. I look at, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I like, I could live like this the rest of my life and be happy.
0: Amazing. Um, so my next question is who has been your greatest inspiration? Mm, My
1: husband's pretty inspirational. He's gone through so like, I was just talking to him the other day. His mom's been an addict his whole life, 30 plus years. She's been in and out of rehab seven or eight times. She was in jail when we got married. His dad actually just got released from jail and for something else and I was talking to him and he was like I just don't see my life as being hard like people look at me and say like wow you've had a really hard life but he's like I don't feel that at all like I love my mom I love my dad like they've both taught me so much and I'm really grateful for what I've learned from them and the opportunities that they have provided me to learn from and I just like him saying that was such an inspiration to me and he just
0: he's the best. Oh, yeah. He sounds like an amazing person. Oh, my yeah, gosh.
1: He's, he's so great. And then, if we're talking like purely business, I really love Bob Iger, who's the former CEO of Disney. He's, if you want a good book to read, his book, Right of a Lifetime, is so good.
0: Awesome. And so, my final question that I'm ending every podcast on plays off the name of the podcast. And it is when did you or will you feel like you've made it as an entrepreneur? Hmm. I, that's a good question.
1: I feel like we've made it. I like, I obviously don't want to wake up tomorrow and have thread be different than what it is today, but like I could, like if we sold thread tomorrow or something, like I would feel like this was, had been such a success. and so fun and so worth my time. I think that once we started hiring a team of people we love, that's kind of when I felt like, we've arrived. Like we're obviously not to our final destination, but we have a team of people that we're able to hire and, you know, pay their salaries and we're profitable at the same time. Like that is, I think when it kind of hit me, like, well, we're doing this, like, this is really cool. Amazing. It was, it, it moved from being just about us to helping provide a good lifestyle for people we love and care about. And that's, that's, I think been the most fulfilling thing.
0: Very cool. Well, it's been so awesome talking with you and learning about your journey and Thread Wallets. I'm so grateful you reached out. Yeah, can you just tell everyone where they can find Thread Wallets? Yes, you can find us on our website, which is
1: www.threadwallets.com. It's T-H-R-E-A-D, Thread. And wallet's just like what you carry your money in. Whenever we say that on podcasts or over the phone, people think we say Fred. (laughs) as in like the boy. (laughs) Fred Wallace. And I'm like, no, we're not Fred Wallace. We're Thread Wallet. And then you can find us on Instagram just at thread underscore wallet.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, I wish you all the best. And I'm so excited for all your success and congratulations. Thank you. Well, I wish you,
1: oh man, I'm so sorry. I'm yawning. I did not get, I was up late daydreaming about a baby shower I'm throwing for a good friend of mine. Uh Um, But Thank you. I wish you success with everything you're doing. This is a really cool fun podcast idea and I I hope that everything goes well for you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show and thank you so much for listening. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Also, all of the links for our guest businesses and social media are in the description below. Thanks guys and see you next week.